Hello, friends. In today's episode, we discuss the perspectives for American foreign policy under President Joe Biden. Uh, there is little doubt that Joe Biden will be very active in his foreign policy initiatives, partially because he already has an extensive experience in foreign policy making. So, the main aim of uh, Biden's foreign policy is to restore American leadership, American power in the world. In other words, uh, he'll try to do his best to project American power and lead the world via means accessible to American government. The problem here is that America is no more the most powerful state in the world. It's in decline structurally, and American capabilities are shrinking. So, in this episode, we try to understand whether the Biden will be successful in his uh, foreign policy initiatives, uh, we also discussed how he can succeed in uh, bringing or restoring American power in the world and what kind of policy he will choose. We do it in three sec in four sections. In the first section, we discuss this, the concept of American leadership in the world under Biden. In second, we dis discuss the U.S.-European relations. In third, we look at prospects for... Uh, the U.S.-Russian cooperation or confrontation. And the last part, we discuss the prospects for Chinese, uh, the, pro the prospects for the U.S.-China, again, cooperation or confrontation. So stay tuned uh, and, as always, enjoy. Again. So today we are going to discuss um, Biden's foreign policy. Uh, at least yes, sir. we try to, to think about uh, different ways the Biden can conduct foreign policy, which I think is really important. Is uh, that you know since Senate uh, will probably be Republican, foreign policy is one of the main aspects of presidency, and it will be like, it's the most visible part of American presidency and. It will be very important just for Biden and for his cabinet, I guess. Well, um, we don't know this yet. The Senate will be entirely Republican. Might I remind you the runoffs are in Georgia where Biden won. Mm -hmm. So we still have no definitive answer. Okay. But in case of it's uh, Republican, which I have, I kind of like feeling that it's going to be so. Yeah, it's more more probable, definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, mean, it means that anything internally will be hard to pull off, so to speak, and everything externally is easier for American president to do because he has so much power, powers in, in terms of foreign policy. Yeah, let's just, I guess, let's just uh, discuss like first topic in terms of uh, American leadership in the world, uh -huh. like American just position in the world. So in general, in my opinion, Biden is pretty much um, like supporting this idea of Pax Americana. He tries to say like we'll step in in climate in climate change policies everything like so kind of like he will continue of course this Obama legacy I don't think he will change a lot from this Obama period perspective on foreign issues mm -hmm. 
just generally saying that you know America should lead the world. It's actually it's very important. Uh, so, what's your opinion? How do you feel about Biden? Yeah, and, yeah, definitely. Uh, Biden wants to go back to. Actually, when you read his program, he says that he wants America to be like you know this mm-hmm. uh, example for the world to shine as an example and to uh, and to do so. He first says that we need to strengthen our own democracy so that you know such would be autocrats like Trump never rise again. And then when we are a perfect democracy, we will you know shine as example to the world. So uh, definitely, this is a turn away from this uh, sort of isolationist. Uh, directions of Trump and going back to the directions that Obama pursued, which is uh, sort of like this, you know, Pax Americana and like uh, promoting uh, democracy in the world, whatever it means. Yeah, and also like this idea of leading by example. So also, I guess, very important and really nice, I guess, with the, uh, with the American public, but also, I guess, in the world in terms of like People are so obsessed with America, and if they can show some good example of American like, internal or external policy, I guess it will be great. But um, since, like, I guess let's just be a little bit more, maybe like just skeptical in terms of uh, how he can achieve this. In terms of, do you see any perspectives uh, how he can just achieve uh, this American leadership or like restore it in terms of it still it still feels that America stepped down during Trump. Uh-huh. so how he can restore this leadership in the world that's a, a tough question because he will need to rebuild the credibility of the united states uh, oh. when you look at all the you know treaties that the u.s entered under obama and, and earlier actually uh trump has shown that the u.s might you know withdraw with them at just any moment in time you know uh let's just not get into details about the specific treaties but trump withdrew from many treaties and international organizations etc so this uh, undermines the credibility of the united states because you know the potential partners might think why should we enter mm-hmm. into a deal with the us if you know the next president will simply withdraw so i guess um this is what biden means when he says that first we need to strengthen our own democracy because um if there is a threat of somebody like trump uh coming coming back to power i think the us uh, won't have such an easy time conducting diplomacy and um democrats actually uh are uh, are trying to implement what well, they said that they will want to implement in the new congress some uh, new laws that will um, basically prevent actions like Trump did and actually also prevent people like Trump ever coming mm-hmm. to power again. Which is, I guess, um, not really feasible because, I guess, <laughs> and Trump has uh, still a big uh, support base. I mean, I guess more people voted for him than people voted for Obama in 2012 or something like this in terms of just pure numbers. It's like yeah, pretty, that's true. pretty big, pretty big uh, support base. But... Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess the first step he will do is like the same as Trump did, but in the opposite direction. He will rejoin like this Paris Climate Agreement, um, uh-huh. GCPOA, the agreement with Iran, some other things. I mean, and uh, WHO. Yeah, WHO. He will like, definitely will step up and say something like, uh, we, should, we should be more international, we should like work with other partners and something uh, like this. But yeah, in terms of... So in terms of perspective, you think in four years, uh, will he be successful in uh, achieving this uh, like restoration of American leadership? Or you think like, you know, some structural indicators suggest that America is still not 
going going to be like the American leadership will decline? Um, I think uh, we need to remember that um, the U.S. is in internal crisis. Basically, you have millions and millions of people who are not recognizing their new president as their president. And honestly, I think this needs to be fixed first before America can be an example to the world. Uh, because if you have basically half of your society not acknowledging the president, how can you be an example of a working democracy? And for that to happen, I don't know, I think Trump would have to you know, go away from politics because even if he leaves the White House, I'm sure he will continue tweeting how you know the election was stolen from him, his supporters who most likely mm-hmm. believe him. And this is not a healthy system. Uh, so first, something needs to be done here. Either Biden does something super smart to convince the people um, from the Trump's base that um, he is their president, or Trump leaves the uh, public life. And I don't know which is more uh, plausible. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting, I guess. All of these questions are extremely interesting, and just to see like, this like, very poor state of American democracy in terms of uh, definitely, but also in terms of Senate, you know, if it's Republican, they will just basically decline everything because why not, you know? Uh, because it's like it's the same thing Democrats did during Trump, and it's the same thing like Republicans did during Obama. Um, so you know, just uh, kind of try to like the, the system of governance is kind of like uh, it doesn't really work properly in America. Yeah, yeah. it will be a gridlock, you know, basically when you have such a system with you know two houses mm-hmm. with different with different types of representation and such yeah. a polarized society, we basically face a uh, legislation gridlock. Yeah, but still, I mean, foreign policy is a prerogative of president, so he can be pretty much sure that he has lots of powers to do stuff there. But international treaties need to be ratified. Yeah, that's true. And they need to be ratified by Senate. Uh, Yes. Which is interesting in terms of how they will deal with, uh, you know, this JCPOA. But, I mean, he can always issue this um, presidential accord, presidential, how do you call it? Uh, presidential accord or something you just sign it like the same way they did with JCPOA so it's not like officially the uh, you mean uh, yeah 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 accord or some, accord, something like this I just like, I, I know basically. what you mean <laughs> yeah just sign up to some agreement just with presidential powers but then other president or presidents can just basically leave and this is like yeah the biggest I guess problem in terms of American credibility in the world that you cannot be really you know, sure that one day America won't just leave because you kind of like maybe just fed up with uh, all this mess and so on. Uh, but let's say just just talk about I guess Europe because uh, I guess European uh, uh, I guess he already had some kind of uh, not Skype meetings but all this like you know uh, digital meetings with uh, European leaders or something like this, or they, at least they invited Joe Biden to talk to them, uh, which mm-hmm. is pretty much will be definite. I mean, in all, Euro- in all European capitals, uh, people, are, uh, leaders are very satisfied that he won, um, and you, especially in Germany, I would say so. So, how do you see? I mean, and, and clearly European, um, like European, um, just. 
politics will be restored to this uh, uh, transatlantic integration or some like good relationships with uh, with European capitals. So, how do you see it in terms of like four years? What what can be achieved in terms of like this uh, just transatlantic friendship and you know, just transatlantic alliance between Europe and uh, the US? Yeah, I think the same thing applies here. I think Europe will be wary of trusting uh, the US. Um, you can see, you know, forces like uh, President Macron, who openly says mm-hmm. that, yeah, Europe needs to be self-sufficient. We cannot rely on the US for for, for defense entirely because mm-hmm. you have seen how, how this might end. You know, such a person like Trump comes to power and you're left all by yourself. And... Um, yeah, it's interesting to see how um, how the transatlantic relations will look like. For example, we still have some countries in Europe who uh, either did not congratulate Biden or even congratulated Trump. For example, Slovenia, uh, their prime yeah. minister, congratulated Trump. Um, I think um, neither Poland nor Hungary congratulated Biden. So... Um, I'm really interested to see those countries that, like for example, like Poland, that Trump really trusted in in the European Union, for example. Right now, they might be exactly the opposite. They might be, uh, you know, sort of maybe not an adversary, but not a friend of the United States. Uh, and at the same time, countries like Germany uh, or France, they might be more reluctant to trust the U.S. So the same thing, Biden will have to rebuild this trust. I don't know, maybe he'll put US troops back in Germany to, you know, as a sign of goodwill. I don't know what else he mm-hmm. could do to to appease the European allies. Yeah, and they just have those uh, common, uh, you know, economic rifts in terms of this, uh, I guess, Airbus, uh, VS Boeing, and WHO dispute, which is, like, has nothing to do actually with, neither with Trump nor with, like, you know, Biden. It's just an uh, actual dispute between two large uh, European and American companies because of subsidies. And um, also, as you mentioned, yeah, it's interesting because Macron, I guess he published this week, like this big uh, interview he gave to some uh, journal of international relations or something like this in, Fr- in France. And mm-hmm. like, he basically like publicly argued with the uh, like German uh, foreign minister or just German, I guess, uh, um, uh, Minister of Defense just publicly saying, you know, we should rely on ourselves. It's like it's just uh, because I mean, Germany before that just said if we need the U.S., we still rely on the U.S. And the U.S. is there is no other way we can, you know, progress in the future without U.S. or something like this. He's publicly just argued with, uh, basically said the name, APK, and just said it's like it's wrong to think so. I think it's like a wrong vision for the European future. So it's just basically it's interesting. How you see those different opinions and they kind of like fight with each other for european future and vision for european future and yeah i mean but of course they will try to benefit as much as possible from biden's presidency i guess yes i'm definitely sure that most european capitals were relieved to see biden winning yeah i mean and you can just feel it in terms of they congratulated him they you know invited him to some kind of already conferences, online talks, and just generally the atmosphere will be more pleasant, you know, in Brussels or in any other European capital with American officials, just because they are way more pro-European than people like who were appointed by Trump, for example, just diplomats will be way more talkative and yeah, but it's still interesting yeah. whether whether they will be some, you know, 
kind of decline in relations and just because they have like you know France wants to introduce this digital tax on uh, like American big companies. Yeah, so corporations. There are lots of issues where they kind of go into different directions, and it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. you know, you have Macron saying that NATO is brain dead. He said that you know a long time ago, but I'm yeah. sure he would still. Yes. stand by his words and um, I don't really uh, I wouldn't say that the relations would go back to the state as they were before Trump maybe Biden's presidency will stop the decline in relations but I don't really see uh, going back I don't know if you agree with me so you mean going back to you know the like perfect perfect relations between Europe and the United States you know uh, trusting on you know the US entirely mm. defending Europe uh, you can see yeah. that most European countries during the Trump administration approved uh, increases in their defense spending I think um, well they are you know except they for Germany, are I guess. <laughs> Germany, Germany Germany actually agreed to increase I mean they announced that they will increase their budget mm -hmm. enormously uh, till 2024 it was like one year ago I think yeah but uh, I guess they... uh, but you know Germany is a big country and it's still like very reluctant to do anything in this direction I guess it's like yeah the... because they are entirely <laughs> safe from yeah. every direction there's no threat <laughs> Yeah, and as we also discussed in you know, previous episodes, I guess it's just this uh, kind of like German vision. They don't really want to be to be that powerful, at least now, because, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's the past, maybe it's some other issue. They try to be super pro-American just because, I don't know, maybe they just want, maybe they're just afraid of like own power in terms of, they don't want to push too hard and be like too powerful state, you know. I guess yeah. it's still in the head of German officials, like just just to be humble and not to be very powerful state, you know. Then <laughs> um, anything can happen, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, and let's. I mean, another issue is like Russia is very interesting, I guess, for me because I read some articles and just to understand, like, I guess uh, Biden is on the one hand is very anti-Russian in terms of he just basically because has this image of like Russia a dictatorship and because we like promote democracy we cannot be nothing you can cannot be friends uh, and he but at the, at the same time he like kind of signed up to this notion of uh, extending new start agreement um, which is just kind of two different different policies and you know kind of opposite poles of the spectrum but uh, I expect, you know, uh, like the relations would deteriorate because um, the only way, I mean, Biden can have some unity is like on the Russian direction, maybe on the Chinese direction with the Republicans. So they will probably introduce some new sanctions and just like the rhetoric will be, I guess, very anti-Russian throughout his presidency. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, he stated that he uh, views Russia as the main opponent of the U.S. Um, and it's um, actually interesting to see um, also in terms of relations with the EU, where you have countries in the EU that, will pro that they want to cooperate with Russia, not you know, you, you know, mm. to put them entirely as uh, a foe. And this is some different aspect in which uh, some EU, EU countries and the US might diverge, you know, in terms of foreign policy. But yes, I'm sure that um, 
Putin is not happy with Biden winning. You know, Trump was a person that would say that he trusts Putin more than his own intelligence services. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it's also um, predictable. I mean, I mean, Trump's yes. presidency. I mean, it's chaotic, but it's still kind of predictable for Russia. But Biden's presidency can be very like unpredictable and very like it can turn into any kind of direction. So yeah, there will be a some coherent strategy like. Putin, I'm sure, I'm sure he he knows about this. Um, so this is not like good news for Russia, but I'm not sure if uh, Biden is correct in assuming that Russia is even a threat to any American interests right now. Yeah, I guess, but this is the beginning. You know, it's like the start of this uh, like very aggressive rhetoric. I guess it started, you know, with Obama because Obama said some things like, you know, Russia is not. It's kind of like he said some things that uh, Russia is like this uh, assertive, like small power that tries to be big, but it's not big. It kind of like, you know, this very aggressive rhetoric because that's the way I guess they, I mean, probably they see Russia like this, but it's just, it's just the way they go because it's like for, easier for them to attract people and just to say, look, like uh, Russia is really, uh, like, you know, this aggressive power that we need to kind of tame or something like this. It's like a beast that needs to be tamed, you know. So this is rhetoric, and this rhetoric can lead to something, you know. Already we saw that, you know, this kind of rhetoric led to like some some Russian actions. So Russia tries to to prove itself as a big power, you know, stepped up in in Syria, you know, Ukraine, all things, uh, all those things. Mm-hmm. Especially if uh, they, you know, lose any kind of arms control agreement, that it will be even more interesting because. Uh, then we will see these developments in uh, arms industry, which are already happening, and how it will unfold. I mean, it's very unpredictable, and the conflicts can emerge in terms of anywhere in the world, just where you have, like, you know, American Russian troops working in a close proximity to each other, for example. Yeah, and even, you know, Baltic states is one of the... Yeah, like, definitely. Because, I mean, and there's a lot of literature on all this... Uh, uh, all these regions where there like, are lots of Russians and it's like you know, the same situation with the Crimea in terms of, you know, if they want to start some, some small war there, it's pretty, I mean, the premise is, is already there, so they don't even need to come up with new premise to intervene. Yeah, exactly. They have all the infrastructure they need. Yep. Um, yeah, and I guess um, since we started like this discussion about great powers, let's I guess turn to China, which is I guess mm-hmm. more interesting in terms of Biden's policy because I mean Trump's policy was pretty predictable and pretty anti-Chinese, but you know uh, like like Biden is a person like is a person from of course like Trump administration, uh, Trump uh, Obama's administration, and Obama had this vision, you know this vision of pivot to Asia. Even they discussed something like G2 summit, so kind of this idea that you know China and the US rule the world, and they just had like like I mean Obama had way more like reluctant views and just like good, not just good, but in terms of he said you know we must like, find a way to work with China because we understand this is the biggest power in the world already. So yeah. It's just interesting whether he will, you know, continue this anti-Chinese sentiment, anti-Chinese politics in terms of like trade wars and something like that, or he will turn into more soft uh, kind of uh, direction. You know. Yeah, um, I, I, I guess uh, it's interesting to think of Biden as one of those people who believes that you know, 
uh, along with economic progress, democracy will come to China. I think mm-hmm. most people who believe that like 10 years ago are, well, they know that this was wrong. I wonder if Biden is, is one of them. I guess I, I would say so. But I mean, so far, it's just like very, because he will bring so many officials from, you know, uh, just um, Obama's administration and Obama will definitely be some kind of advisor to him. Uh, I think they have this idea of uh, getting along with China through, uh, like, not coercive measures necessarily, maybe sometimes, but mainly through, like, this dialogue and this uh, diplomacy. So, I mean, I would expect it to be way more soft, I would say, just in terms of, I mean, trade wars. I I don't think, you know, Biden will, like, uh, will wage those trade wars with China. I guess it was, like, really (laughs) from Trump presidency period. Yeah, this phenomenon. <laughs> but it's still interesting because the question is still there, and I guess like China is like the most, I guess the most, it's a real threat to US in terms of in Asia as a region. You know, all this question about Taiwan and other countries that way, like China can easily step up like militarily or do whatever it wants. And what will be an American response and just like this American rhetoric towards China, as we already see. Yeah. We just saw because you know he said something like you know China is our competitor but Russia is our like enemy so like you don't he doesn't want to like bring this rhetoric you know Trump's rhetoric and say you know we don't don't like China is uh, our enemy yeah make China pay for the virus yeah <laughs> yeah this... but I wonder for example what would uh, what will be what will the uh, allies of the U S in Asia be doing towards uh, China and how will they want Biden to pursue his foreign policy? For example, we see Japan, who is probably the mm-hmm. most, uh, well, threatened, I guess, uh, by Chinese expansion. And I wonder what will the Chinese, uh, I'm sorry, the Japanese diplomacy towards the U.S. What will it be like? You know, please yeah. step up your game against China. We need your support. I mean, I guess they try to bring the U.S. Uh, to the table to this anti. Uh, I mean, they try to convince like the US that they need this anti-Chinese sentiment but they slowly kind of like you know building their own military kind of trying to beef up their own capabilities um yeah and just try to benefit from American from American power in terms of they want to like uh, build this uh, anti uh, anti-missile system not on I guess now not uh, on the islands but somewhere uh, you know on the sea on the kind of sea platform or something like this so yeah, I mean, I would say they they try to convince. They will try to convince, uh, you know, America uh, to continue this anti-China policy. But yeah, I mean, I would still think you know he will be kind of soft. It's also because uh, the people who are connected to Obama, I guess even Obama is now kind of like some advisor in some Chinese corporation or something like this. Uh, uh, so it's like there's lots of ties uh, between Obama's administration and like um, China's government or whatever China's business. I guess some common interests, yeah. And of course, it, it will it will kind of shape this foreign policy in terms of it won't be that assertive, won't be that kind of uh, aggressive towards China because it, it was definitely aggressive though during Trump's presidency. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I guess. I guess we covered pretty much everything uh, we wanted. Yeah, the, the most important issues, I guess. Yeah, let's just see uh, what 
will happen in the world. It's, I mean, it's still, I would just say, like last word, it's still, it's still very interesting to see whether like Biden will manage to restore this American leadership or not. I guess it's like the main question, like for me, you know, during his pre for his presidency, it's like whether it's possible or like structurally, it's not, it's not feasible anymore. This will definitely be his the biggest challenge of his presidency, and this will determine what will what his legacy will be. Yeah, pretty much. Well, again, thanks thanks for listening to us. Uh, As always. Yeah, subscribe to our channels, uh, rate our podcast, and as always, I guess just enjoy your weekends and week. Yeah. Yeah. Take care. Bye.